Welcome to the Agile Strategy Lab podcast, where we explore what it means to view your organization, your company, or your community through the lens of agility to create a strategy that works in a rapidly changing world. I'm Liz Nilsson, the Associate Director of the Lab at the University of North Alabama. Today's episode, presented in partnership with the Strategic Doing Institute, is number 36. One of the interesting dynamics of putting together a podcast is that you're never quite sure who's listening or why. No matter what your official job is or what kind of an organization you work in, we feel fairly sure that you're interested in the challenge of how to help groups of people that haven't worked together before, or perhaps even worked together at all, do so effectively without spending hours or more on getting to know one another. If that's you, we think you'll enjoy this episode, even if your field isn't the same as that of our guest. It's a challenge that spans every field and kind of organization, from large multinational corporations to small rural churches and everything in between. This episode is drawn from a recent third Thursday, our monthly discussion open to all about various aspects of strategic doing, a process which helps groups form quickly focus on measurable outcomes, and move into implementation immediately. It's a follow-up to the annual Strategic Doing Practitioners Conference, this year held virtually, which included a session on the topic of the growing use of strategic doing to catalyze research activity at universities. What you're about to hear is a conversation between the developer of strategic doing, Ed Morrison, and Jeff Agnoli of Ohio State University. In addition to his everyday work at the university, Jeff is active in the National Organization of Research Development Professionals, or NORDIP, and has spread the word to his network there about the value of strategic doing as a tool in the research development arena. Ed kicked things off by asking Jeff how he got involved with strategic doing in the first place. I attended a uh, strategic doing event at Ohio State it was uh, sponsored by our outreach and engagement office. But as soon as I heard the first words out of Ed's mouth, uh, lots of bells went off and I saw the relationship between research development and strategic doing. There's a lot of similarities. Um, we use different words in higher education than perhaps in SD, but there I saw lots of relevancy and um, utility and was able to work through the process and try it out and test it out with different researchers and research groups. Um, I've been telling people that it's not a sell job when I introduce it to faculty. Um, they're just thrilled to have someone who has a process and a solution that will help their team move quickly from concept and uh, getting to know each other right into action um, in terms of measurable outcomes and all those kinds of things. Um, we've introduced it to the research development community, uh, which is a, a national international organization of over a thousand members. Um, we've done conference sessions, we've done sort of pre-conference workshops, um, we've also made available training events, the two and a half day program or virtual program across the country, and we've had people sign up right now. There's probably upwards of 30 research development higher ed people that have gone through the program in the last few years, and mm -hmm. each of them are trying to figure out ways to implement it on their campus, and that's, that's a lot of what we wanted to talk about today. Right. So tell me, tell me more about your perception of, and, and kind of take us up maybe, you know, 10,000 feet and tell us 
What, what is the problem that research and development professionals are trying to address with strategic doing? What, what are the pressures on the research and development community that, that, that strategic doing may provide a solution for? What, tell us more about that. So the most obvious one is in the space of proposal development. We are asked to quickly form teams and support principal investigators or PIs as they put together their proposals. And in a perfect world, we would have months, let's say four to six months or longer to work with those teams. But the reality is that's not what happens. Lots of times faculty come to us, um, not last minute, but just because of the way the federal sponsor and agencies work. They don't often give you a lot of time or a runway to get a proposal together. So you have to quickly get a team together. Often as research development professionals, we're serving as kind of like a surrogate principal investigator until one emerges. So in many ways that maps to strategic doing as sort of a, a guide or a person getting in front or stepping back as the faculty take more and more leadership. So that's one area of proposal development. Another space is universities are often um, right now trying to build new initiatives, what they're calling grand challenges at Ohio State, we call them discovery themes. So these are big, bold, transformative research things tackling big wicked problems like climate change, poverty, um, equity and inclusion, all kinds of stuff. You could just throw COVID in there because it's super complex and not a simple thing to address. And so often we're bringing teams together from multiple disciplines, again, trying to get people around a table to have conversations about where they can support each other. And again, strategic doing helps people identify assets, helps them chart a course, helps them get to action and not spend time um, deliberating too long. Is that a word? <laughs> what I meant to say is in academia, we can be perhaps a bit deliberative, yeah. perhaps too much. And so often faculty get a little disenchanted with the process and they want to move away from strategic plannings. It's good. It's awesome, as we always say, but they want to get to action and they want to know how their research can be advanced and how their particular expertise can, can be tapped into that. If you, if you took us out a few years and just looked at the university research uh, community, what, what do you see as how could we in the strategic doing community essentially support what is going on and the work you're doing and what, what would you like to see you know uh, what's tell us more about the outcome that you'd like to that you'd like to see either on the Ohio State campus or within NORDUP or however way you want to think about that but what's so, I mean, you know concepts like project management or compression planning or appreciative inquiry these are all kind of um or team science these are all terms that are very much part of the vernacular of a research development professional but strategic doing is certainly something that's still evolving and growing. Mm -hmm. And so I'd like to see us be just understand what it is as one of the many tools that people can use. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to see universities continue to train um, in-house folks as well as students. I see incredible capacity for like postdocs and grad students to learn these skills mm -hmm. so that as they advance through academia, they would have better skills in terms of management of teams about creating psychological safety, all the things that we teach, all of those pieces, parts, and components. One of the uh, sessions that we had at the conference um, was a round table where folks got together and talked. And when we talk about iterative academia, academics love that, right? Iterative mm -hmm. development, um, but that's agile strategy in mm -hmm. my mind. Mm -hmm. And 
faculty um, struggle when they hear words that are corporate or buzzworthy. And right. so we right. need permission. We need just need ways to do that. Um, right. The other issue was everybody doesn't have enough time. And some of us joked about if you're working with a surgeon or a group of medical clinical folks, you know, you have about 10 minutes to convince them that a process is going to work and support their team. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're not often going to give up like a half day or eight right. hours or whatever. So there's some challenges there. Um, and in the research development space, because the sponsors use the language of team science, we're required to use that as well. Mm -hmm. And there are really strict rules about what we mean by interdisciplinary or transdisciplinary or multidisciplinary. Each mm -hmm. one of those have different definitions. Mm -hmm. um, and so we really need, as SD professionals, we really need to understand how to marry the two and help people understand that, kind of the crosswalk back and forth. Yeah. So yeah, I think you've touched on a really important point, which is, you know, it, I, I, I've told a lot of people, once you understand strategic doing, you don't need to tell people you're doing strategic doing. I mean, you can, you can, you can, because of this, of this challenge of, you know, uh, adjusting to the context, you know, creating the context um, in, in a, in an odd way, you know, trying to, sync strategic doing to the language system of, of team science or, or, or university research um, is not too dissimilar to, you know, translating it into Spanish or something like that. You know, you have to come up with terms that, that mean are relevant to the, to the under, to the audience that you're dealing with. And I so think I that's, so, it. so it's really good to hear you say that. Cause I think some new trainees felt like they didn't have permission to use different words. So they, it's good oh. for them to hear that. The other thing I would say is, you know, sometimes we can be a bit stealthy with our faculty. Mm -hmm. And um, I just got off last week doing a two and a half day retreat for a group working on a proposal, mm -hmm. interdisciplinary team, um, struggling to kind of figure out their research questions, which is essentially a framing question mm -hmm. um, from the SD speak, right? But helping them get through that process and being able to pull a tool in when it's needed and then move back to whatever it was we needed to get done. Mm -hmm. um, was really powerful. And I think that comes from experience and doing the work um, right. and understanding how to apply it. Yeah. And that, and that's really encouraging to me because again, you know, although it we present it as a structure and a logical structure, um, you know, once you become more practiced with the skills, I mean, you pull the skills out in at different times, different engagements, different ways of doing it. And again, a lot of it, you, you don't necessarily have to tell people you're doing strategic. Many times I've done strategic doing workshops without telling people I'm doing strategic doing. I mean, you know, yeah. you just so um, I think that the key is to understand that 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 collaborations, complex collaborations emerge out of conversations with a very predictable structure to it. We tried to come up with language that was really agnostic and descriptive. Uh, that could be used in, you know, the neighborhoods of Flint and, you know, the research labs at Purdue, right? So, um, so that there, it was meaningful and that we could avoid tripping over language that, that doesn't really have a lot of meaning anymore. You know, the idea of, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, SWATs and tactics and go, what's the difference between a tactic and a strategy, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, it's really encouraging to me how, how, how this is evolving, Jeff, really. It's really great to see. Yeah, and, and, you know, the other thing I can see is, you know, sometimes academics will argue a point because of their particular disciplinary lens. And, sure. 
they don't want to give it up because it's part of their identity. It's part of how they were trained. And so part of the skill base there is to be a good facilitator and say, you know, you can call it what you want (laughs) and that's fine. So let's get to the process. Let's get to the action. We had an initiative involving artificial intelligence and human health. Um, It hadn't been sort of talked about at the university. So we invited folks from medicine, engineering, cancer research, and so on, um, computer science specifically. And the whole point of that was to get common definitions around what we mean by AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning, but also what could we do together? So there was a huge effort in building a library of assets. And come to find out, the university had a ton of those, but no one person in the room knew all of it. And so one of the big outcomes was just a big inventory of all the uh, clinical sites, resources, uh, the imaging work that had already been done in artificial intelligence. And where we paired that with uh, research is we offered teams seed grants, small dollar grants to help them form a quick proposal that gives them some quick success and then go after some bigger money with the feds. So just a great example of new initiatives, whether it be quantum information, science and technology, which is another space that's growing. I mean, you can make a list of all the new uh, research areas that require interdisciplinary teams. Yeah, at Purdue, I would say that the one breakthrough success we had with the researchers happened when the College of Agriculture Dean asked us to convene a group around uh, post-harvest processing of feed grains in sub-Saharan Africa. This is a big, big problem because about 30% of the feed grains are lost. And Purdue actually has a lot of a lot of resources, not just in ag, but in mechanical engineering and agronomy and all is, you know, in the different field, anthropology, I meant, um, in different fields. And so we convened about 60 researchers and we just took the assets. We asked people to put their assets on um, post-it notes and we had a big board up on the wall. And it was stunning how many assets Purdue actually had. Nobody had ever seen that before. And I think that was a that was a breakthrough for people to understand that across a university, when you get these big grand challenge type problems, there are huge amounts of resources that are available, but the researchers themselves don't really know each other. I mean, you know, they, they, you, you assume that they do, but they, they in fact don't. It's hard to pull out the faculty and find out what the resources are that we have to, to address a big challenge like this. I, I actually think, I think any situation in which you have to build a collaboration and there's no control uh, hierarchy, there's no, there's, no, there's no control in place, natural control in place, uh, organizational hierarchical control in place. So in other words, nobody can tell anybody what to do really. Um, th- that's really where um, strategic doing comes in because it's through the conversation that you create quickly in a matter of an hour or two or three, um, depending on how much time you have, you can you can quickly identify a shared value, mutual benefit, mutual benefit. And that's really this whole notion of recombinant innovation, taking current assets that we have, connecting them in different ways and creating new value. And that applies, you know, again, in all sorts of different contexts. Uh, and so uh, my guess would be that you can apply strategic doing to a lot of different places. Uh, yeah, and I can uh, chime in really quick on this. So just a few months ago, um, Ohio State started um, an initiative to map out commercialization, education, and training across the institution. 
what would it look like? And I facilitated a retreat. We had sort of people boots on the ground level and executives. Um, was so well received that the group has now launched and they're basically an SD group working on their own, coming up with curriculum, but integrating SD into the actual commercialization education is one of the things they're considering, hmm. making okay. that part of it. So okay. right now it's not happening in a, any coordinated way. It's a very hit or miss thing. So depending on your college and the courses you take as a student and as a faculty member, you may or may not ever get exposed until you sort of have an invention or you're on that pathway. But what we're trying to do is build this up as, uh, as like any other kind of training, like compliance or human subjects or whatever we offer. This type of logic is, is you know, it's called, scholars call it abductive reasoning or effectual logic, the idea of combining assets and creating new opportunities out of it. And it's an entrepreneurial logic that was identified probably 20 years ago and, and now is kind of really becoming part of the, and this is really what strategic zooming is all built around, is the idea that, yes, you can do this if you, if you, um, if you structure the conversation so that you explore opportunities and then, and then move toward experiments. Thanks for listening. Whether you're involved with research or some other field, in which you need to convene groups of people who need to learn how to work effectively with one another, we can help. Check out our website to learn more at agilestrategylab.org. You can email us through the website. Just look for the Contact Us button. You can learn about Third Thursdays and the annual conference by signing up for news on strategic doing at strategicdoing.net. See you next time. <music>